Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 podcast on So Organized Style. Stay listening. So Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on So Over 50 podcast. For this series where we feature sewers who continue with their sewing projects while they live with chronic pain and they're from the Sew Over 50 community. Sewn, shown, seated is a way to show how your latest makes look like when you are seated. This is a great way to show how patterns in their standing form also look like when they're seated. You'll surprise yourself when you take these photos. Recently, our next guest, Lolly, shared how makers from all crafts can take these photos the best way for people who are seated. Thanks for coming onto the podcast, Lolly, to discuss how seated photos can be more helpful. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? You know, you went to all the trouble to write all of the guidelines as to the best way to show a seated photo that I thought I really have to get you on the podcast. So I'm very honoured that you've given me your time today. It's my pleasure and I love your podcast. So and I really think it um, adds a lot to inclusivity and stuff like that. So it's really an honour to be here. Oh, thank you. How did you develop your online name and where can we find you online? Actually, my online name is uh, at Lolia, L-O-L-I-E-Y-A. But because of my huge limitation concerning energy and endurance because of my chronic illnesses, I have been limited in my capacities to have a steady workflow. So that played a lot in online activities. I always wanted to start a blog, but just tending to the basic things was most of the time already too much. So um, when I started my Instagram account, Back in 2016, I mainly posted my lingerie-related makes. I was pretty active on Instagram, but already getting very sick and getting worse. So uh, I thought, let's just start a blog later and for now focus on reading and learning the crafts that interest me. I was like choosing where to put my energy. That year went well, and I participated in the first Bromaker Supplies Challenge and then won two prizes. And I used those prices to take a profiting for everyone one week class with Beverly Johnson. And when I came home, I decided to start a custom made bra business. I was planning on making a website and a blog and that, but I, I was just waiting a bit to be get used to taking clients and orders and stuff like that. And about one month later, I had a very bad flare of a few of my illnesses and I was hospitalized for 11.5 months, about three, 350 days without going back once home. So uh, it was pretty tough. And when I came back, I had lost a lot of abilities. I had to change gears a bit, find another craft to add up. I needed a lot, but I ended up never making that online presence more than this Instagram account because my passion really is sewing. Although I really like knitting, it's fun and it's relaxing. I don't know, maybe soon would be a good moment for a blog. But for now, just my Instagram account. That's almost a year that you were in hospital. Yeah. And well, I I was in bed for more than a year, but yeah, like not able to get out of my bed at all. So it was, uh, yeah, hard. (laughs) You've come a long way. Yes. (laughs) I'm getting, um, slowly getting back a bit of um, abilities. So that's why I started back sewing again. I'm really so happy. (laughs) 
Oh, that's great. That's really good to hear. What do you enjoy most about sewing and quilting? Well, I enjoy the freedom that comes with making clothes for yourself exactly how you want them to be. Fabric choices, design styles, but also adapting them to your own body and not the other way around. I like quilting for similar reasons, to be able to have something that's uniquely you while being useful. Being home most of the time, my environment plays a lot on how I'm feeling and having things that are connected to good memories around me help a lot in keeping a positive mindset, stay focused and also motivated. Since I don't have much energy, I tend to gravitate towards the faster art forms, principally like sewing and quilting, where you can have a simple finished object in a day. So even if you're not well, you can manage to make something little by little without it taking months or years to finish it. So. It's always an advantage. <laughs> I spent a few years without being able to sew, almost five actually. Now that I'm able again and I've adapted my sewing room to my needs, I think I might appreciate it even more now than I did before. Also, since I'm in a wheelchair now, the fit in ready-to-wear shops really isn't working for me anymore. So um, I was excited to be able to make my own clothes again. Oh, that's good. Can you talk us about your wheelchair COVID experience? Yeah, well, <laughs> so that's a hard one. Well, COVID has been hard on everyone, I think, but I think particularly to the disabled community because we're more at risk and other minorities as well. Here in Canada, we were forgotten many times. First, I had trouble getting home helpers for essential tasks that I cannot complete by myself because the government decided to give a raise to all carers in hospitals and government-funded care homes, but not to the home carers. So, you know, people that come in flats and buy people's houses. So everybody went to work there and there was a huge shortage on our end. We were already living through a shortage of staff. So when everyone left <laughs> for this, then there was almost no one left to take care of us. So it was hard. I also had to fight a lot with some workers to wear the protection gear and perform basic hygiene, people that didn't believe in the virus and stuff like that, but still were taking care of at-risk people. So that was another hard thing to deal with. I had trouble getting routine exam and x-rays because they didn't plan for both site options, COVID symptoms and no symptoms, to be wheelchair accessible. When I had to consult at the ER a few times, different hospitals, because I, I changed they didn't have an accessible bathroom available for me because apparently it belonged to another weight room and there was no other option for me to but to go home or endure myself for hours. Oh, wow. But I was there because I was sick and I needed to be treated. So um, I had to go home. I was shocked that hospitals where you'd expect people in wheelchairs a lot would have thought of that. Then when the vaccine time rolled around, I had to wait for ages to get my turn. And as an immunocompromised person receiving close contact home care, when much less at risk people of 50 years old, you know, and, and more working from home and not seeing anyone at all had their vaccines that they wanted to, they just needed to go there. And watching all the basic rights violations of disabled people to care and being treated. For example, new triage guidelines were put in place in many countries with exclusion criteria based on certain types of impairments, having high support needs for daily living, frail people, that's totally an assumption. Assumptions on years left to live, chances of therapeutic success, etc. There was also a lot of pressure from the health system on disabled people and their families to renounce resuscitation measures. 
all in all, it's been a very difficult to watch unfold. And I've been impressed once again by the frailty of our situation and not in a good way, obviously. It's been a hard year, every step of the way for you. Yeah, but there are some good sides to it, but they're planning to take them away again. So, you know, remote learning, uh, remote on phone consultation with practitioners and things like that. They're now trying to take them away. They're saying, okay, well, now you need to see them in person again only. There were those good things. And I hope at some level we can keep them because, yeah, that's been good. Do you think some health practitioners will still offer remote health advice well here in Canada it's a bit complicated because we have well I think in Australia too but we have a health care that is provided by the government so practitioners have like rules and guidelines to follow and if you want the free services then you need to go see them and they have to respect the rules unless the government tells them well in the end you can keep a small percentage of your clients as remote the phone call consultations I don't think it's going to be possible unless I go to the private but um, you know paying for private it's expensive fingers crossed (laughs) you know I hope things improve and you can have accessible free health or accessible health under the current system I really hope so thank you how is accessibility an important aspect for you so it's very important for me having wheels awards me freedom It's much better than being stuck in a bed all day. But some of it is taken away because accessibility is in general poor at best, even today. I can't recount the number of times where I called somewhere in advance to know if there were steps leading to the entrance. And they told me, no, no stairs, you can't come. For me to get there and see one, two, three small steps or massive doorstep enough to stop me from entering. Otherwise, someone has to carry me over it. You know, so I'm I'm there and I can't go in like a too short ramp making it very dangerous to use it because the angle is insane and it makes like very steep angle with the doorstep too so you know you can just punk, balance back and fall so it's very dangerous or the numerous shops where the aisles are so small that I can't turn around but yet cannot get out at the other end because there's stuff everywhere on the floor too it's not clutter it's like branded cardboard displays and bins And this is terrible in pharmacies and essential services. My pharmacy did renovation during COVID too and made their aisles significantly less wide. (laughs) I don't really have a choice to go there. It's made it so much more difficult. They like reduced it by two thirds. So it's pretty smaller. They wanted to cram more products in there, but now I cannot go around. People don't realize. Yeah, people really don't realize that those adaptations are essential. Sometimes they don't even realize we need them. Famous logic of if I don't see them, I don't need to adapt because they're not coming here anyway. It's very widespread, but we're not there because it's inaccessible and it doesn't stop there. Even shopping for clothes or patterns online is tricky because we have no idea what it would look like seated. And when I see brands using seated pictures, it's mainly able super thin models. That doesn't work because most of us have low abdominal muscles and move less. So unless you literally can't eat because of an illness, most people will gain a little weight and their bellies will protrude more than for regular people because there's no muscle to strap it in. It's our reality and I'd like to see more models that are representative, really. I guess 
before being disabled, I was also blind to a lot of these things. I have never seen, never been in a wheelchair and gone through a regular day. I've never seen someone from up close going through their day too, not at school, not anywhere. It's as if wheelchair uses doesn't exist. There are nowhere to be seen and I didn't know why. So I assumed there weren't a lot. I had an inkling things were tough just by imagining having to do everything from a chair all day. But not much practical experience or discussions on the subject to grasp it completely. So I wished to raise awareness and start the discussion with us included. I think it's the only way to make things go forward. I agree with you. It is the best way for people to understand what it's like going forward and having seated photos are a really great way to start, but with real people, not models. Yeah, that's what I thought. I wanted to see more, you know, people take more and more pictures of themselves so we can see all bodies wearing the same clothes so we can have an idea of how it will fit for us. So I just want the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) What made you start sewing and how has your sewing life changed? Well, my mom had a few things she absolutely wanted us to learn when I was younger and that included sewing. She's super creative and made great things, but she didn't know how to sew properly and she would have liked to, I think. She was never taught by her mom. was a wonderful sewist, but not much of a teacher, apparently. (laughs) So (laughs) she sent us to take uh, sewing classes once a week for a year when I was about between 12 or 14 and learn a bit during this time. But Unfortunately, the seamstress was more telling us to do something instead of teaching us why and when to use the techniques and modifying patterns by herself. So when I was on my own again, I didn't know how to do many things and nothing fit me right. So I stopped for a few years. And also I became very sick when I was a a teenager. I had to skip to do by myself two and a half years of high schools because I was always in the hospital you know, I didn't have much energy either. So maybe I would have continued if I hadn't been this sick. After that, I had two years when I was 18, 19, where I felt better and I was able to go to school, work, like do everything. I still was sick and, you know, tired, but I got very much better. So the basic I learned were still very well ingrained in my memory. And when I finally got some real breasts at 19, a late bloomer on that front. <laughs> I couldn't find any comfortable bras. I thought if someone is making those, I probably can too. And I just started researching bra making infos on the internet and books. And just like that, I started sewing again, sewing bras. <laughs> Very glad that my mom decided to gift me this skill. And also because I had to do school by myself and just go for exam for a few years in high school, I think I got very good at studying by myself. So that's, I think, helped a lot by for learning just by reading things. <laughs> and how my sewing life has changed. I think you mean since I'm in a wheelchair or more sick. Yeah. Um, is that what you meant? Yeah. That's okay. correct. So yeah. it did change a lot, but I learned to adapt. I looked for tips and tricks online for disabled makers I also love to adapt things, so I have always, like, (laughs) ideas. (laughs) And I made a wheelchair-friendly layout, for example, as little table legs as possible by using wall-mounted shelves. And I put everything close together in, like, a triangle, the table and the shelves. Yeah, so there's, like, sewing machines to the left on the wall, and there's a corner, and there's another table there. And there's, like, my um, sewing station, cutting station 
working station. So it's very easy. You know, I just have to turn <laughs> to go from one to the other. So, so you yeah. go left or right. Yeah. So it's not much energy and I can do everything in my wheelchair. So I don't have to get up unless there's something very high. But often I, I ask for help in those times because I tend to hurt myself doing that. I have a good layout like this, I find. Also, well, everything is close together, of course. And everything I use is close by on my level. But I have long arms, so that helps. <laughs> and um, I bought an ironing wool mat instead of a big ironing station that was too high. And even the IKEA table one, will it ended up being too high. So I just bought a wool mat and I just ironed my table. I also got the light iron. Just a little parenthesis here. I tried the Oliso iron, the small ones, colored ones. They're, they're so cute. But um, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> terrible cute. Um, but it was the position to hold them didn't work out for me. So uh, maybe someone with prehension problems and strength problems would have problems with these small irons. Even if they're very light, it's, it's not a handle. So it's harder. Okay. And also I use automatic function on my sewing machine, like the start, stop, button if necessary but also you know there's the needle down position and my foot lifts so I can turn I don't have to touch the wheel so it's very much less movements easier for me I also like um, to sew smaller garments or smaller garment pieces so nothing is too heavy quickly tearing out or dislocate my shoulders <laughs> when it's too heavy if I'm sewing a dress, I'll finish everything before joining the skirt to the bodice, for example, because it gets very heavy when you join it. And I cut things out in small increments of time. Rest, come back, continue. Also, I, have, I sometimes have to ask for help, like I mentioned. That's okay. I used to have a problem with that, but now I feel like it's okay. And having to add up constantly is very tiring. Sometimes asking for help is a good solution. And that's also why I'd like companies to offer a solution for our problems eventually. I can always dream, but uh, it would be great like to have like a selection of things, adapted sewing equipment. That would be great. But yeah, I don't know if there's, if we're enough <laughs> for that. <laughs> it's good that you've got a wish list of the sort of things you would like to be able to use for your sewing and the iron the features on a light iron are the important things that manufacturers need to know about. Yeah, you're right. You said that the iron that you thought would be useful wasn't able to be used because of the way the handle is designed. Yeah, because there's no handle. It's just like two small um, shaped little curves. So you like put your fingers, but it, you stay with the weird hand shape. So you can't actually grasp it uh, as you would hold a cup. No. It would be like holding a bar. Yeah, yeah, like holding it, you know, a tailor's clapper. Exactly the same feeling, same principle too. <laughs> it's hard. Some people add handles to tailor's clappers, <laughs> but I can't on an iron, so. No, no, you can't. A wish list. Definitely need a wish list so that manufacturers know what it is you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, totally. Should do that. Are there any tools or notions that you favour more now? Yeah, so I've talked about disposition, but... Um, I love the feed dogs. <laughs> I know they're not really a tool and I was already using them, but they're really neat because they do some of the work for me. So it's relaxing when I get to sew in between cutting and ironing. In other manual crafts, you don't have a machine really doing the work for you. You need to work with the machine, but with sewing, you just have to guide it. 
So you don't have to actually use strength when you're sewing and most of the time anyway. <laughs> so that's very useful. That's the obvious one too. I love rotary cutters. They save my wrists for less spinning and manipulation and come in different sizes and shapes. So I tried a few different ones and found the one that felt best for me. I also love my small embroidery scissors. They're light and sharp and they work on everything. You can cut anything with that. So it's easier to control and not <laughs> snip into the threads. So love them. And they're light. I love my filing cabinet for pattern starch. And as opposed it's pink, it's, it's quite new. <laughs> so like that, it's at my level. You know, I, I use the cabinet that was at my level for patterns get very much down or get up to get them so it's useful in bad days i have um i don't know what it's called for real in english actually it's a pinching tool it's like a tool to grab things that are far from you to grab things on the floor or things like that so oh i think we'll have to have a photo of that yep so that's very useful <laughs> to yep. grab things that are far and they have like uh, suction cups at the end so it's everything stays in there great um so i have this that helps a lot I have a magnetic wand to get the pins of my mood board and without dislocating my fingers. So that's very useful too. I can show you too if you yep. <laughs> like this. Oh, okay. So it's telescopic. Yep. With a very strong man magnet at one end. We need a photo of that too. <laughs> yeah. And I've been looking at the projectors too lately. I had this bit because um, as cutting and taping pattern pieces together, it just not feasible for me on most days it's very hard I need to ask I often ask my housemate to help with that and I would like to be able to do it by myself and not wait on someone else for it so I've been looking at the projectors for sewing it's very interesting I think it could help literally anyone and save on ink and paper budget so uh, I've been uh, looking through projectors for sewing group on Facebook I think there's a special one uh, for um Australia too so yeah I think continuously looking for better ways to adapt and I love reading other disabled makers favorite tools and uh, why they like them we all have different needs and often time changing abilities so it's very interesting and I get a lot of inspiration from them. We spoke to Samantha of Purple Sewing Cloud earlier this year and you know she made the point and you've made the point too that you need to find the things that work for your body and mm -hmm. the energy that you've got. So thank you for sharing all those tools with us. My pleasure. <laughs> I wish we would all share so we can, you know, have really a, a perfect place to create and relax. Enjoy sewing. <laughs> Do you engage with the Sew Enabled community? I've been introduced to them really recently over my seated pictures guide. And I think this looks like a great community and I can't wait to see more of them. I think it's um, kind of hard to get to know other disabled makers and we all need to come together more in a way that is consistent and feasible. So I think Instagram is probably the best place for that. I'm going to continue investigating. I've met some very interesting people uh, uh, through uh, the uh, publication of this little guide I made. So uh, I'm very happy. What advice would you give listeners who want to take useful seated photos when they post their makes online. Okay, so, um, well, before we start on the subject exactly, um, you might be wondering why I created a guide for good seated pictures to begin with. I explained myself in a post on Instagram this summer, and here is the essential part of that post. 
I have a shared burden with many other disabled makers that use wheelchairs. So the burden of having to find representative pictures of the garments we are interested in making. In a time where all body sizes are starting to be represented in the mainstream media, there still isn't much, if any, sometimes pictures of specific patterns worn seated and usually not with diverse bodies as models. Body mass and fabric react differently when seated and by not being able to see how a garment will fit before making it, we are faced with an added challenge that is much more fitting issues and nowhere or almost to hints on how to adapt them to the seated position. While I dream of a day where every pattern will have seated pictures of each models and suggestion in the pattern on how to adapt the patterns so they fit well when seated, we are really far from there yet. So I created this document to help pattern companies and individual makers to take good informative seated pictures and sensitize everyone to our reality. You don't even need a disabled maker for taking informative seated pictures. Although I encourage you to hire us too for photo shoots and stuff like that. Yes. It can, yeah, I, I do just say it like that, but you don't need us to take them. It can also be useful to get feedback in your pattern testing phases from disabled makers and wheelchair users. And maybe that will help in offering suggestions for pattern alterations. So that was the end of my introduction. So here are the tips for good seated pictures for us to evaluate the fit. Like in regular garment pictures, most of us will include a picture from the front, side and back, standing straight-ish and trying not to obstruct the view of the garment to see how it falls. The principle is very similar. Uh, we want to see how the garment falls when seated. The best seat is a simple stool because it lets us see the garment from all angles without obstruction. Alternatively, you could use any firm seat, but not something that is uh, too soft because you're going to sink in it and we're going to lose some details. One very even extremely important thing is to not hide the midsection with your arms. Put them further down on your legs, on your hips. You can put them hanging to the side in your back when taking pictures of the front. Well, anyway, you get the, <laughs> the idea. Yes. The midsection is the most problematic area when it comes to seated adjustments. It often botches at the front, tugs a lot in the back. And one other thing is to make sure your ties are about parallel to the floor. You can use something to prop your feet up if your chair stool is too high for your legs. And please do not cross your legs, ideally, as it hides and moves the midsection as well. In one word, think about how is seated someone in a wheelchair and use that as a reference and stand comfortably straight. Do not lean forward as it hides things too, so of course. Okay. I think it's important to mention because um, that is something that I received a lot of messages about on Instagram of other disabled people telling me, do not forget to tell them not to lean forward. So, so don't lean forward, <laughs> listeners. Please. <laughs> yeah, so a word of advice to pattern companies. Please show us how the garment looks seated in bigger sizes too, as it really changes things in the midsection of our bodies and fitting issues usually get worse. You can use your regular model for that. You just have to get her seated on a stool or just anything, really, that uh, respect the, the guidelines and you're going to be fine. And we're going to be very happy. <laughs> That's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to finish, I'm, I wanted to um, talk about how to share your beautiful seated pictures with us. I think most people know the Sun Shown Seated, uh, now that was started by uh, So Disabled on Instagram. 
But the thing is, as it grows in popularity, I found myself incapable of finding the patterns I wanted. It's so much of a catch-all because everyone puts pictures of every pattern out there in a random order. So since we cannot cross-search terms yet on IG, you can only put one term to search for, I suggested a hashtag format that will let us find pictures of the particular patterns we're looking for shown seated. So that means it's a format, it's not one hashtag, you have to add it to the pattern name. So the format is hashtag plus the regular pattern hashtag. So And you would add seated at the end. So for example... Let's take a very popular one. So hashtag Ogden Kami seated. And I have received some questions too about, you know, if it's Ogden Kami hack, then what do I do? Or if it's Ogden Kami dress. And what I think is easier is to add the regular pattern name plus seated, but you can add a second one like Ogden Kami hack seated. But since there's not much pictures yet following this hashtag format, although it's, it's growing, it's easier to use the just the regular one too. So I, I had both. Okay. Yeah. If you could use this when sharing your makes, this will make things so much easier for us. And of course, I also encourage you to continue using the shown seated hashtags. Since it's fun to browse to get pattern ideas too, I really like to look at it. As a final note, if you sew for kids, here are the already existing hashtags you can use. So hashtag sew for kids seated, hashtag sewing for kids seated. And of course the format hashtag pattern plus seated is being um, used more and more too. I think that uh, covers it. <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm using new look 6160. Mm -hmm. I could use hashtag sewn shown seated and also use Hashtag new look 6160 seated. Yes, exactly. Got it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> Thank you. So the idea of not making things more complicated, but just easier to find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. You're welcome. Maybe as a final note, I just wanted to mention that there really needs to be consistency for it to be a real inclusivity Please think of us and everyone who sits a lot when taking your pictures. I think, well, any of us can use those pictures too, as they can be useful when you're seated at work and things like that. And I think I can speak for everyone in the community when I say we couldn't be more grateful for your answer to our call. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you, Lolly, for running us through the real reasons why hashtag shown, shown seated was developed, who it's for, why it's important, and what we can do to help you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm getting a bit, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> it's very important. And I'm really glad that you've put the effort into telling us why it is important to you. And if this is one thing that we can do to help while we're sewing, then I think that's an easy thing for us to do to help you with. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And you're such a nice host. <laughs> thank you. I'm happy to have you on podcast anytime and you've done such a great job on your very first podcast that I hope podcasters will also appreciate the work that you're doing and ask you to talk about Sewn, Shown, Seated in a way that will help people who are seated. Thank you. <laughs> and have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of Sew Organised Style Podcast for Sew Over 50 was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, 
with permission of Lolly, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and review, and you can also support us on our Patreon account. There are over 250 free podcasts, including many So Over 50 podcasts and So Enabled podcasts for you to listen to. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at So Organised Style or on our website at www.soorganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.